Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hello and welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Monday, June 8th. Kyle has the day off today, so I'm Ben Hansen, who's normally the host of the MinMax Show podcast and a longtime co-worker of Kyle's, going back to the Game Informer era and stuff like that. It's a great day for video game news, so let's have some fun here. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. The big PlayStation 5 stream is back on for this week. There are rumors swirling about Bloodborne coming to PC and PlayStation 5 with a remaster. EA Play Live has been delayed for a week. There's a double whammy of Bungie news we can get to. And then a quick tidbit about Cyberpunk 2077. It's here. It's finally here. The next generation of PlayStation is going to be revealed this week. Obviously, this live stream, like Kyle reported before, was supposed to happen last week. But with the events in the world, it just didn't feel appropriate to focus on video games for an hour and drown out a lot of really important voices on the internet and in the real world that are trying desperately to get attention right now. But apparently PlayStation said it's now or never. And so this Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific, they are streaming the reveal of the PlayStation 5. Now we say the reveal of the PlayStation 5, but realistically, it seems like this is going to be focused mainly on the game. So don't expect a big hardware blowout. Who knows? Maybe they'll show the console, but I think they're going to be saving that for the future. There are a couple interesting details with this live stream that we can all look forward to here. Sid Schumann over at PlayStation, he says, quote, Now that the event is confirmed for June 11th, I wanted to add that this pre-tape program will be broadcast at 1080p and 30 frames per second. This eased the show's production process during a time when many of our team and developers are working from home. The games you'll expect to see on Thursday will look even better when you play them on PlayStation 5 with a 4K TV, as you'd expect. It is a little bit confusing at this point to say that because people are working from home, they couldn't share the gameplay at 60 frames per second. I don't know if that is in reference to the video production or just the games they want to show. They couldn't get up and running at 60 frames per second at this time to show. Either way, I have faith this is going to look amazing. The PlayStation 5 is going to look amazing. Just it's important to keep in mind, it'll be a little smoother when you finally get to play these things. But an odd note to start out this big reveal for. And then another odd one here, Uh, Sid Schumann also writes, quote, It's also best if you watch while wearing headphones, if you can. There's some cool audio work in the show, and it might be harder to appreciate if it's pumped through your phone or laptop speakers. So obviously with the PlayStation 5, oh, unquote, by the way, but obviously with the PlayStation 5, uh, one of the things that Mark Cerny has been stressing in his two surprising Wired interviews is 3D audio, about having ray tracing for audio as well. So if you can, put on your nicest headphones while watching this stream and then imagine all the games running at 60 instead of 30 and if you remember that tech deep dive that playstation 4 and playstation 5 architect mark cerny gave at what was supposed to be gdc he said that they were even considering the idea of having people send pictures or videos of their ears so that the 3d audio could be better mapped and custom fit to your head so just to be safe have a picture of your ears ready at home everybody and get ready to tweet them at playstation just in case you'll need them Sid Schumann in the post mentions that this is going to be focusing on games, showing games from big studios, old studios, uh, established studios, new studios, blue studios, borrowed studios. But 
He ends it on this note, which I think is interesting. He says, this is part of our series of PlayStation 5 updates. And rest assured, after next week's showcase, we will still have much to share with you. So this is an interesting way to frame the Thursday stream. They're emphasizing games, 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 not so much hardware. We've already seen the controller and the fact that they tweeted this announcement out with another shadowy look at the controller probably means that Mark Cerny or somebody will be there for this live stream digital event holding up the controller. But outside of that, don't get your expectations too high. I think a good frame of reference for what this thing is going to be is going back to 2013 and looking at the February event for the PlayStation 4 where they ran through games. They had indie developers like Jonathan Blow get up on the stage. It was the first cryptic look at Media Molecule's Dreams, which just came out this year, which is a bizarre timestamp. So for messaging for the future, they're probably saving a beat for showing the hardware, revealing the hardware. Also, there have been rumors swirling for so long about backwards compatibility with the PlayStation 5, and specifically the idea that the PlayStation 5 can run not only PlayStation 4 games, or at least... You know, the top 100 PlayStation 4 games are running well and there's more to be tested, which is all they've officially communicated so far. But there are those rumors that they can also run PlayStation 3, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 1 games. That would be incredible, but again, that's another big beat they can get to down the road. So for just this week, we can expect games. And now the fun part becomes trying to figure out what games are going to be at this event. Seems like everybody and their parents are fully expecting Gorilla to get up on stage and show Horizon Zero Dawn 2. Horizon Zero Dawn 1 came out in March of 2017. That team knows how to hit a launch. They hit it last time around with Killzone Shadowfall. So it seems like that is a safe bet. Also considering the fact that in April of 2019, an actress working on Horizon Zero Dawn 2 said in an offhand interview to a fan that, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe how amazing Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is. So it's a subtle hint that this game might be on the horizon, but we all expected it. It's a great game. It seems like a great launching point for an entire new series. So we're all looking forward to seeing what Gorilla can turn around with that game. In terms of trying to guess what else might be at this game's event, I think it's important to look at the games that Sony has been cryptically communicating about or the studios they've been putting at the front and center of the PlayStation 5 reveal, as little as it's been so far, Mark Cerny's been showing Insomniac Spider-Man running on a PlayStation 5 to show the difference in load times when you're working with the SSD in the PlayStation 5. And so maybe Insomniac would be ready to show something new at this live stream then? Also, and this is where we start reading the tea leaves and it gets a little bit extreme, but Aesthetic Gamer one on Twitter says, I'm 99% sure now that Resident Evil 8 is at the PlayStation 5 reveal event. As others have noticed, all the Resident Evil games went on sale on June 4th, and Resident Evil 7 in particular went on the deepest discount it's ever had by a long shot, around the same time the PlayStation reveal event was supposed to happen. I think that's also a pretty safe bet at this point. Rumors have been swirling about Resident Evil 8, and Capcom and PlayStation have been uh, working really well together recently. Resident Evil 2 was revealed at Sony's E3 2018 show. And they've worked together promoting things like Monster Hunter World a fair bit. It seems like Capcom would be hungry for a stage. And even if it's not an E3 stage, this is going to be a big event with a lot of eyeballs. And I think it's a good place for them to reveal Resident Evil 8. And the rumors around Resident Evil 8 are a little bit different. Uh, there's a codename Village attached to it. There's rumors that there's going to be werewolves and some sort of ghost-like entity, which is a little bit different for Resident Evil. But why not? You're on the eighth one. It's time to start experimenting. All right. Other games to expect here. What else we got? In the Mark Sterney interview for Wired, he also pushed Bluepoint Games, who are the masters of the remaster. 
They were even available for comments for Wired talking about how incredibly powerful the PlayStation 5 hardware is overall and please look forward to their games. Now when Bluepoint Games finished Shadow of the Colossus on PlayStation 4, they were hiring and they had a post on their website that said, quote, Our latest project is the largest in our history and aims to define the visual benchmark for the next generation of gaming hardware. So it seems like they're making something for the early window of the PlayStation 5, if not the very launch of the PlayStation 5. And a lot of people are speculating that this is the Demon Souls remake, which is the PlayStation 3 game that Sony published, Miyazaki, and From Software developed. And PC Gaming Inquisition, a channel on YouTube, they had a video recently where they say that this is going to be the closing game for the PlayStation 5 event, that they're going to close things out by revealing the Demon Souls remake from Bluepoint. At the very start of 2019, I was lucky enough to travel to From Software for the second time, actually, back when I was working at Game Informer as the video producer. And we went to From Software to cover Sekiro. And because the rumors were swirling, we took the time to ask Miyazaki what he thought about the idea of remaking or remastering Demon's Souls. And Miyazaki back then, according to this Game Informer article, he said, quote, It's really complicated because I have these fond memories. Thinking about the idea of a remaster of Demon's Souls gives me butterflies in my stomach and makes me a little nervous. So it's complicated. But I do understand there are many users and many players and fans out there who really love Demon's Souls. So if that's something they could accomplish with a studio that loved the work, then yeah, I'd be okay with that. So while he was hinting that From Software was not working on it at the time, he also said, quote, If it was a studio that really loved the original work and really put their heart and soul into realizing it again, then that's something I would enjoy. I have fond memories of it, but it's definitely not my place to say they'll remaster the game. So it seems like he's leaving the ball in Sony's court for the idea of bringing Demon's Souls back. And if it's Sony's court and they want to get out on a strong first note for the PlayStation 5, I think a beautiful remake from the masters of remakes and remasters, Bluepoint Games of a beloved game and really the progenitor of so much of the Dark Souls lineage, Demon's Souls, I think is a wonderful bet for the launch of the PlayStation 5. Also, small note that I'm very obsessed with is Bluepoint Games, their version of Shadow of the Colossus was great. On the back of the box and in all the marketing, however, for Shadow of the Colossus on PlayStation 4, it was described as a from-the-ground-up remake. But that is not technically correct. Uh, back at Game Informer, I interviewed Bluepoint Games about their starting point for the remake of Shadow of the Colossus. And they say it's more of a fusion where they took the core engine and then layered the Bluepoint Games engine on top of that to add cloth physics, lighting effects, things like that. So it's not built from the ground up. So I would not be surprised if this Demon Souls remake is in fact happening and it is the biggest project they've worked on. That is another one of those fusions where they took the core base and then are adding details on top of it to make it look like a cream of the crop PlayStation 5 game. Which leads us to our next story. There are strong rumors that Bloodborne is coming to PC and also to the PlayStation 5 with a remaster. Rumors have been swirling about Sony doing something with Bloodborne for quite a while now. Uh, our former colleague from Game Informer, now kind of funny co-host Imran Khan, tweeted out cryptically last Thursday, I'm not going to comment specifically on Bloodborne on PC rumors, but suffice it to say, from software fans probably have a lot of reasons to be happy in the next two years. Imran is such a cheeky lad. Certainly seems like he knows something. He's got his ear to the grindstone. And then late last Friday, PC Gaming Inquisition on Twitter posted a video uh, they say they know for sure that the game has been tested on Steam throughout the last couple months and that it's being developed by Q-Loke, who did the Dark Souls remaster, and then also co-developed by Bluepoint Games. Now, according to PC Gaming Inquisition, this is a remaster, not a remake of Bloodborne. It's going to be a better looking version of Bloodborne that's running at 60 frames per second, 4K support, 
ultra-wide monitor support. Obviously, he stresses here that you can use an Xbox controller. But, and this is a level of detail that's amazing in a leak, he says there's no field of view slider or resolution scaling options, but maybe they can add that later. Fans of Bloodborne have been screaming for so long for a PC release to see this game run as well as it can possibly run. It's incredibly exciting to see that it looks like this is actually happening. Also in PC Gaming Inquisition's YouTube video, he stresses that this is not the only PC port in Sony's future. But it doesn't mean that every new game is being released on PC as well. It seems like Sony's strategy, and we can see that from the release of Horizon Zero Dawn on Steam, their strategy is to pull from the back catalog a couple years in the past and release those on Steam. So I'm very curious to see what makes that cut. So because everything's a weird gray area and Sony said, all right, this week, now it's okay to talk about video games, EA Play said, eh, this week, we don't think we're ready to talk about video games. And so EA Play Live, which is the equivalent of their E3 stream, was going to be this Thursday, but EA has delayed that, and now it's going to be streaming on June 18th at 4 p.m. Pacific, where it seems like they're going to be revealing at least one new Star Wars project from EA Motive. So EA said, with the important conversations taking place and important voices being heard around the world right now, we're moving our time to come together and play. Also, in quick EA news, according to Polygon, Need for Speed Heat will be getting cross-play support on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. That game is recently on Steam. And also EA confirmed that a new Need for Speed game is in development. And they're taking your feedback into account. And if you want the full roadmap of things going on this week, there's also the PC Gaming Show, which is going to be streaming on Saturday, June 13th. They promise it to be the biggest PC gaming show yet, with over 50 games promised. And quote, an exclusive interview with Rocketworks founder Dean Hall about his next project, a first look at Surgeon Simulator 2, the debut of a new trailer from New Blood Interactive, a special surprise for Torchlight 3 fans, and several new trailers from Humble Games. It's never the star of the show at E3, but sometimes some interesting stuff pops out of that PC gaming show. So if you're trying to just grab on to those E3 vibes and make the most out of this week, you can put that on your radar. No one's going to judge you. Now it's time for some Bungie news. Last week, Bungie teased that they're going to be talking about the future of Destiny coming very soon. And it looks like that has happened sooner than they probably hoped. It is the era of leaks, everybody. The Australian PlayStation Store has leaked what's called Destiny 2 Season of Arrivals, which is an expansion that's coming out September 22nd. According to Forbes, the Hive will be the main bad guys this time around. And this is all based on one image leaked out of the PlayStation Store. So a lot of Destiny fans are speculating about the Season of Arrivals name. What could be arriving and when and why are there more than one? So we can look forward to more news on that front soon. Also, according to the Video Game Forum, etc., a new thread popped up showing a job posting that seems to be strongly suggesting that Bungie's new IP is going to be an RPG. Uh, the job posting says, quote, Bungie is seeking a highly technical, creative, and team-oriented investment designer who is excited to help us build our next great IP. You are the glue between the sword and the reward. You will work in tandem with our sandbox and economy teams to build and distribute items to our players. Living inside a giant database of hundreds of baubles, weapons, and armor is nothing new to you, and neither is building a system to cleverly distribute those items in a necromancer's dungeon. If this sounds like you or a challenge you'd like to take on, we'd love to hear from you. And then you can experience designing, documenting, and executing itemization, investment, or any other fundamental RPG game system at any scale. The fact that Bungie in a job posting would be as specific as to mention a necromancer's dungeon and hint about these RPG mechanics in the next game, maybe they're trying to get ahead of any potential leaks, but it certainly seems like this is the new IP that Bungie is making based on the funding round they received back in June of 2018 from the Chinese tech company NetEase. NetEase invested $100 million into Bungie overall, 
Bungie is still an independent company. And back on June 3rd, 2018, they had a statement saying that the studio's long-term goal is to become an entertainment company that sustains many worlds simultaneously. So just because Bungie's working on new IP, obviously they're not going to let Destiny go away. Even though they have split from Activision, they have the season of Arrivals coming, and this new IP might be smaller in scope, but if you're a fan of Diablo-like games and Bungie's games, there might be something here. The good news is that Cyberpunk 2077 is still planning on being released on September 17th for PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4. But the bad news is that if you're planning on playing it on Google Stadia, you might have to wait a little bit longer. According to this story from IGN, Cyberpunk developer CD Projekt Red said that the game will be out on Google Stadia by the end of the year. Obviously, Cyberpunk on Stadia was a huge get for Google's startup streaming service, and not having it at the launch when hype and excitement about this game is at the peak is a real blow to Google overall. Maybe it's everybody's working from home. Cyberpunk 2077 is a huge game. CD Projekt Red is scrambling to get the game done, and so they didn't have time to also make a version for Stadia, which still takes some work. Or more likely, it just was deprioritized over time because of Google's inability to find a huge mass market with Google Stadia so far. As Kyle talked about last week, Take-Two CEO even said that Stadia has been a disappointment, and so it becomes less of a priority for CD Projekt Red. Totally understandable. I'm sure some people were looking forward to that version on Google Stadia just to have a version that looks, you know, some compression here and there, but still looks like it's being run on a high-end PC, which is clearly going to be the way to play this game before the Xbox Series X and presumably PlayStation 5 versions are out as well. Well, hey, everybody, that's it for gaming news today. Thanks so much for listening to Gaming Ride Home. If you have any feedback or corrections, you can always tweet them at at GamingRideHome on Twitter or send it to Kyle's email address, which is just lovely here, kyle at ridehome.info. I'm sure Kyle will always appreciate it if you took this time to leave a review on iTunes. Now, this is confusing. Leave a review of the podcast, but leave one for Kyle's hosting of the podcast. You can't leave a review for me. Positive or negative, I don't want to hear it. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Yozetti, Y-O-Z-E-T-T-Y. It's a stupid word I made up to play Age of Empires 1 back in the day. Or you can listen to the MinMax Show podcast. New episodes air every Thursday. Kyle is on that podcast as well. So you can hear our reactions to the big PlayStation 5 reveal on Thursday on the MinMax Show podcast if you're interested in that. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And Kyle will be back to talk to you more about video games tomorrow. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.